0: The thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyal Afwakwa. Pastor afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set! An empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Give him praise, give him thanks.
1: All through this week, he's heard us all through this week. He gave us strength to wait on him baka In Jesus' precious name. Father, we thank you for have best of answers. Thank you for testimonies. In the name of Jesus, we receive them by faith. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Right, humbly take your seat in God's presence. It's wonderful to be with you tonight. Amen. Newness. Newness. You are most certainly getting better and better every day. Amen. Praise God. Well, tonight we just want to get straight into the word and share some thoughts with you. Our prayer project will come back to it, but I just have a stirring that we should. Focus on this aspect in the meantime, amen. So, I'll put that teaching on hold and I'm zooming into something. Enemies of newness, somebody say, Enemies of newness, newness. say, Enemies of newness. 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 Yeah, enemies of newness. In a season of newness, you also want to be sure and to know some things that can stop you from experiencing newness. Everybody desires newness, there's virtually nobody who does not like to experience newness, particularly if it has to do with good things. Meet somebody who has a car. He desires a good car. A better one for that matter. Yeah. There are some things that sometimes, even if you desire a new one, you cannot have a new one. There are just one. If you desire a new wife and you are married already, it's out of the way <laughs> I'm not communicating. Yeah. But there are some, many other things that we can experience. But most of the time, it's not that the new thing has not been given to us or the new thing is not available. But most of the time, our inability to assess the new things may be due to certain things that I want to describe or call as enemies. An enemy is simply anybody who stands in your way as an opponent, opposition, resistance, that can be described as an enemy in my context. uh So, Revelation chapter 21 verse 5, he said, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Somebody say, I make all things new. Say, I make all things new. So this is God's word. God's word is that he makes all things new for us in this dispensation and in this season. Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. He says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Lord, I will do a new thing now. It shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Somebody say, road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Say, road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Okay, so when we talk about enemies of newness, who are they? Enemies of newness refers to mindset. Somebody say, mindset. Attitudes, say attitudes, actions, Actions. and inactions that can deny deny me or you or prevent you from partaking the new things God is doing. God has said, I do a new thing. God is always in the business of doing new things. But most of the time, he does it and people don't see it. So he said, perceive it. Open your eyes so you can behold what I'm doing. But before that, there was something important. The first thing we want to look at is from verse number 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Enemies of new things. So anything, it can be an attitude. It can be a mindset. Somebody say mindset. Because, you know, our attitudes are shaped by our thinking. Your attitudes, the steps you take, your actions and inactions, they are all shaped by your thinking. That's why your thinking is a very important part of your life. Bible says we should be renewed in our thinking. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. 2 actually says, be not conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our minds must be renewed because unless our minds are renewed, We cannot fully enjoy our new life in Christ. You cannot enjoy your new creation status with an old creation mind. You need a new mindset in order to live a new life. So we need to know that our mindsets, our attitudes, there are attitudes that will simply not allow you to see new things. If you want to progress, you have to work on your attitude. If you want to succeed in life, you have to work on your attitudes. Action steps you need to take to progress. You need to know them. And if they are such that they are not designed to help you embrace something new, you cannot. Sometimes our mindsets are too set. We have set our minds strongly on the wrong things. So we are not able to open up and receive. So that is what we are calling as enemies. mindset. So those are the issues we'll be confronting with. I want you to know. Those are the issues we'll be dealing with in this We'll be addressing mindsets. We'll be addressing attitudes. We'll be addressing certain actions that we need to take. Like, you you remember in the book of, I think it's Proverbs chapter 6. It said, go to the ant, thou sluggard, and consider her ways, and be wise. Who, having no overseer, nor ruler, or guide, prepares its harvest in the summer. So, that is an action. Go to the ant and learn from the way the ant behaves. If you must see progress, and this year you will see progress. Beyond prayer, there are steps you need to take in order to see progress. Fasting and prayer is great. Studying the word of God is great. But there are other practical steps that must be taken in order for you to realize and become who, all that God will have you become. So, it's important. What are these common enemies of progress? The first one we want to look at tonight is the former things. I call them the former things. or things of old or the past. Somebody say the former things. Say the former things. Things of old or the past. That's what Isaiah says. Before God tells us, behold, I do a new thing, he had to first address the former things. Somebody say address the former things. That was God's first project. He said, remember ye not the former things. Neither consider the things of old. I'm doing a new thing. But before you can appreciate it, I mean, look at that. He said, behold, go to verse 18, please. Consider you not the former things. Do not remember the former. No, consider the things of old. Go to verse 19. Behold, I do a new thing. So, first of all, if you are focused or visited on the former things or things of old, your eyes will be too blinded to see what I'm doing. Consider not the former things, neither consider the things of old. For behold, I do a new thing. Now, Philippians 3, verse 12 to 14. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind. I pray that you'll be able to forget the things which are behind. Yeah. So when we talk about the things of old, former things, all the past, we are talking about things behind. Somebody say things behind. Yeah. Yeah. You cannot drive and be safe if you keep on looking at your rearview mirror. If you want to drive to your destination safely, your eyes must be focused on the windshield. I'm not complicating here. The moment uh, you can't be safe in, in the journey of life, focusing on the past is suicidal. You can't focus on the past. He said, forgetting the things of old, forgetting things which are behind, and reaching forth to do so. I mean, it's just like this you cannot reach forth and hold on to the past. Either you are letting go of the past and you are reaching forth. Or you are holding on to the past and you are passing away with the past. You are either advancing by reaching forward or you are holding on to the past and you pass away with the past. So it's, it's so critical that we appreciate. God is doing a new thing. I mean, the story comes into a proper focus when I look at the life of the children of Israel. Coming out of the land of Egypt. Amazing people. God delivered them by amazing miracles tangible manifestations of gospel, a raw demonstration of gospel, brought them out of the land of Egypt and they were supposed to enter something new. cana a land of flows with milk and honey. These guys were just going into something great, awesome, something they've never experienced before. All their lives, they are lived as slaves. The oldest among them at the time, if he lived to be 430 years. You know, those times people could live very long. And if you could live for, to be 430 years the old, oldest among them should be either around that or more. But those who were 430 years and under, all of them, they have never experienced freedom. They have been born in servitude, in slavery. That's all they've known. All their lives, they have seen slavery. They have lived under slavery. Bondage, that's all they've known. And God comes to them and said, I'm taking you into something new. I'm going to take you into a land where you eat bread without scarceness. I'm going to take you to a land where you you live a free life. You are going to be your own boss. Nobody is going to control you. I'm going to take you to a land where you will not be beaten like you are being beaten now. You see, most of the time, that is why we have a difficulty embracing the new. Sometimes the new things God is bringing us into, when we compare it to our past, it looks too glorious, too good to be true. So, we find it very difficult embracing it. God says, you have been living under the law. I gave law to man. Man could not live by the law. And so now, I will send my son, who is the only one who can meet the justice of a law, and he will come and fulfill all the law. I will offer him as a perfect sacrifice. Once you believe in him, you will be deemed as having a, a, a obeyed all the law through my son so that you are no longer seen in your own right but I'll be seeing you in my son. So in my son's righteousness, you are going to have righteousness and as, in fact after all of this is done we are just wondering, I mean, how can this be so true? That They look too good. It's too good that when I sin, God does not hold it against me. looks too good that God does not remember my sin at all, at all. It looks too good. And you see, once you begin to think about it this way, you can receive it. And that, I, I'm sure that's the main reason why. I don't know. But if you look at the, the Exodus, eh, again and again, they will refer to Egypt. The number of times they refer to Egypt. Let's look at one of them. Uh, Numbers chapter 11, verse 1 to 6. He says, now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord had it. And his anger was aroused. So, the fire of the Lord, obviously, God should be angry. Why shouldn't he be angry? Yeah, God should be angry. I mean, look at this. Imagine that God has fulfilled his righteousness in Christ. And he says, when you put your faith in Christ, you are credited with the righteousness of God, okay? Then you are saying, you are not going to use that. You set that one aside because that one is too good to be true. It cannot be true. So, you are now coming to God in your own righteousness. Why wouldn't he be angry? because your own righteousness is like a filthy rag. Your own righteousness does not measure his righteous standard. And so he says, in order for you to relate with me on my righteous standard, I am making the, I'm going to pave the way I will kill my son, and when my son dies, just believe him, and everything he did will be credited to you. After he has killed his son, after he has done all of that, You are still saying, no, I don't want what you did. In other words, God, you are not wise enough. The method you use is not enough to set me free. So, I'm still coming to you. That is why people who fail to accept Christ will land in hell. That's the main reason why they will land in hell. That's the main reason why. What takes people to hell is not sin. What takes people to hell is what they did with Jesus Christ. Because that price has been paid. The sin problem has been paid. Christ is the problem for sin. When you, you accept Christ as your Lord, sin is solved eternally. Sin problem is solved eternally. Am I communicating here? So, if you don't accept Christ, that's where you have the problem. That's where you have the problem. If you don't accept, because that's, Christ is God's remedy for sin. So, if you say you will not accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, it means you are not accepting God's remedy. And if you don't accept God's remedy, you have to find your own remedy. And you don't have one. So eternally you will burn in hell. Praise God. That's it. It's like God's anger. God's anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them. Some in the outskirts of the camp. Look at verse three. So he called the name of the place Taberah because the fire of the Lord had burned among them. Now the midst were among them yielded to intense craving. Somebody say intense craving. I'm reading from verse four. Yeh to intense craving, so that the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? As if they were eating meat in Egypt. Who will give us meat to eat? We remember. Somebody say, remember. remember. And they won't even tell the truth. Say, so we remember the fish which we ate, which we ate freely in Egypt. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. That's why they were healthy. You saw what they were eating there? Praise God. See, we remember what, what we ate. But, but now our whole being. Go, 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 go. This is it. <laughs> but now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this man before our eyes. Very ungrateful people. Except this man. <laughs> our whole being is dried up. <laughs> No, go to verse five and six. That's all we want. Five and six. We remember. Somebody say, remember that's the past I'm talking about. What are you remembering? Somebody is born again and they still remembering his old boyfriend. At those days, when I was with uh, Jackie T. Pele, <laughs> the way things were fine. When I was, I was hanging out with Jack Tonto, things were going very well. <laughs> you, you forgot him. You forgot him. I said, we remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. If they ate fish, I don't know. If they gave them fish, I don't know. But At least one thing I'm sure, they didn't eat freely. They didn't eat freely. Even if they ate, they never ate freely. Never. Because they were in bondage. You know, when Moses came, you saw what was happening. They were already suffering. So when Moses came and started advocating for their release, they started withdrawing some of the little benefits until they started. So freedom there is not something that they should say here. But most of the time, when you are ungrateful, you forget what God has actually brought you out of. That's what ingratitude is. Ungrateful people, it's not that God has not done anything for them. They just don't rate, they don't see it, and they don't rate it well. They don't rate what God has done well. So we ate freely in Egypt today. They? they did not eat freely in Egypt. The melons and the onions and the garlic, they didn't eat it freely at all. They ate, but they were made to work for it. Before, before, they were building, they gave them tools to build with. Let down, they told them, we are not going to give you any tools. Go to the bush, get your sticks, and now come and build. Their life was miserable. It was hell for them in Egypt. But they were still remembering. We remember the fish. Somebody say, remember the fish? Be careful what you are remembering. Be careful what you are remembering. The whole reason why the generation that was under 20 could not enter Canaan, it was because of this one. They came out of Egypt. Egypt never came out of them. And there are a lot of people who are like that. They've come out of Egypt, but Egypt is selling them. You are better of staying in Egypt with Egypt inside you than to be in Cana with Egypt inside you. And that's what I keep on saying most times. Somebody can go into London. He lives in London as a Ghanaian, but the Ghanaian is stronger than the London person. Those are the people that, when they receive money, they quickly change it. This are a hundred pounds in Ghana. This is like uh, eight hundred Ghana. It can do a lot of things. So no, 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 hundred pounds far for sure. No, I won't buy it. They are out of Ghana, but Ghana is in them. <laughs> and now you and I listen. You and I are also out of the well. The Bible says we are in the well, but we are not of the well. We, are, we, have, we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his yes. And we need to know where we are. The Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. So we need to know where the kingdom to which we belong and then live accordingly. Live accordingly. There are three past things that can deny you access into newness. One is the good past. Somebody said a good past. And almost everybody has some has had some good past everybody has had some good past. If you look at your life, from your childhood to now, you have experienced some good past. When we talk about the good past, you are talking about your past victories, your past successes, your past breakthroughs, and they are great. You wrote exam, and then you passed at JHS. Great. You came to SHS, you passed. Great. Now you've gone to the uni. We are looking forward to passing, and your confidence is high because you have a great record in your past. Of successes so your good past can influence you You remember david his past victories became asset to him when he needed to fight goliath he said i remember the lion i came against the lion and the bear and then i overcame them so that was good past working for him and our good past can work for us in our present. but you see the good past can only be a source of inspiration it must not become a source of pride when your good past becomes your source of present pride, you have killed your potential to achieve anything greater than your past. Your good past must be an inspiration for greater things in your present. But your good past must not be your permanent pride. Oh, When I was in secondary school, I, I was first in class. Okay, you are the university. What are you? Oh, those days, when I got born again fresh, I could pray for three hours. Okay, now you have been 10 years in the Lord. How long can you pray? Those days when my business was, I used to give, I used to do this, all kinds of things. What are you doing presently? Am I communicating here? Your good past is good. It should inspire you for better and greater things in going forward. But it should not be a place where you rest. Praise God. The reason why sometimes a lot of people are not able to achieve the success God wants them to achieve is because they become too soaked up with their present success, that they are not able to aspire. Because once it becomes a source of permanent pride, you will not aspire again, you will not dream anymore, and then you, you will die there. Number two is the familiar past. When I talk about familiar past, I'm talking about the past that does not challenge you. The past that you are very comfortable with. You are doing a job you are very comfortable with. It doesn't challenge you anymore. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to prepare. It's just like a teacher who has been teaching the same subject for 10 years. After some time, when he comes there, I mean, there is really nothing new. He can even start teaching without notes. Very comfortable. Very comfortable. Very comfortable. This year, you cannot experience newness if you want to live a comfortable life. Amen? You have to stretch yourself. Stretch yourself. The Bible said, In the book of John, chapter 12, verse 24. The hour for the Son of Man to be glorified is at hand. John 12, 24. Can you give me that scripture? John 12, 24. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Most actually, I say unto you, start from verse 23. Look at this. Jesus said, the hour has come for the Son of Man should be glorified. Look at verse 24. Then he says, most assuredly, I say to unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Somebody say much fruit. Uh-huh. So, When you are ready for newness, something must die. You must stretch yourself. Your laziness must go. Something must die. You can't be sleeping all night and be believing God for all day victory. No. Set yourself up. You will not feel like doing it all the time but you have to stir up yourself. Am communicating? You must stretch yourself. And in this year and in this decade, that's one of the things you are going to do. You have to learn to stretch yourself. There's so much God has for you, but it will not be delivered to you on silver platter. You have to be ready. So tell yourself, I'm not going to do what I'm comfortable with. Don't give what you are comfortable with. Stretch your faith. Don't pray comfortable prayers. Stretch yourself in prayer. Don't study the word comfortably. Stretch yourself in the study of a word, in the meditation of a word. Stretch yourself. Somebody say stretch yourself. Stretch yourself. Stretch yourself. Stretch yourself. You can't be doing what you are familiar with and comfortable with and expect to get better results. No. And then of course, the bad past. And I'm sure that maybe next week we'll have time to delve a little deep deep into the bad past. Somebody say the the bad past. I've realized that of all these of the three paths that can stop you from entering into newness, the bad past is the strongest. The bad past. The bad past. Because it's unfortunate that bad things seem to stay with us longer than good things. We remember bad things matter longer than good things. The bad pass, which is quite common. There is nobody who has not got a bad past. Hey, am I am not communicating to somebody here. Everybody, and it's not only today that you have something bad. Tomorrow, something bad may come. So, you, you have to know how to relate with bad things. When they happen, something negative happens around you, you lose something, you lose some money, you lose a job, you lose... That's something that has happened. It's a bad thing that has happened. But what you, how you handle it will affect your opportunities going forward. The bad pass. The bad pass. The bad pass. There are people who are hurt in relationships, and they told themselves, "I'm not even going to enter into any new relationship again." That's a negative way to respond to the bad pass. You gave somebody money, you invested some money into some business, and then the business didn't go well, or the person so tsk, you said their investment B N Y, probably a mini G D O investment bill well. So I will chop my money. That's the wrong way to live. The fact that men go chop your money does not mean everybody will chop your money. Am not communicating Yeah. So the bad parts. The bad part: A lot of people make long-term decisions over temporal setbacks and failures. Never do it. Never make permanent decisions on short-term setbacks and failures. Failures are not new. Failures are not unique to you. The Bible said the righteous man falleth seven times and he rises up again. Am I communicating here? Yeah. God is not surprised at you when you fail. God is surprised at you when you embrace and you settle down with failure. That's what God is surprised at you. God is not surprised at you when you fail. He is most surprised when you settle down you embrace failure and say this is my end because he knows that's not your end. Am I communicating here? Yeah. So forget about whatever your past has been. Last year, what was it like? Oh, the COVID most this year All kinds of things. It's past. God can give you much more in one year, like he did for Isaac, than what you could have gained in 10 years. So that's what is important. Instead of focusing on, last year, last year, things were really, really tough. And it's been three years and you are still talking about 2019, 2020, things have been really tough. It means you are not moving on. And if you really, really, really want to advance, that's what you need to learn: The good pass. Somebody say the good pass. The The familiar pass. pass.
0: And the bad pass.
1: Stand on your feet.
0: Pastor Afraqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Afraqua, please call 540 670 or email us at faithhousechapeladiyahu.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afraqua on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. Our first service, 638. To 8 a.m., Nasikan service 8 30 a.m. to 10 30 a.m., and on Wednesdays for our Discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7 45 p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station Santata Runabouts, Kumasi, Ghana. God richly bless you.